What a day to be alive. Hallelujah. Even as we were worshiping the Lord, I had the sense of Noah's Ark again. And though the flood of dissipation is rising, and though torment and fear is palpable out there, we are safe in the Ark of the Body of Christ. And the Ark of the Body of Christ is the safest place to be in right now. What? What lifts up, what lifts up that ark, what lifts up the ark is as we are pressing, as Paul was in attaining to this revelation, by this growth of revelation of the word of God within us, it's blowing us up and taking us up and over so that now we're living at a place of higher revelation and from this higher revelation we see another summit we can attain to. We see yet one more climb of glory. We see one more attaining in and when they come to that moment, there is yet another and yet another. And this is how we go from one level of transformation to another. And so we, at the end of the day, will resemble Jesus a lot more than at the start of the day. They will finish this day strong. And so today, my title message is The Press of Faith. The Press of Faith. And what God was showing to me, the press of faith is the press for the identification. We looked last week at, at, and we're going to go pretty much through the same, the, the same pattern of the word of the story of the woman of, of, of the issue of blood and, and the healing and, and what brought about that healing. And, and there is a becoming in that healing that God's been showing to me and talking to me that there is a becoming that we are becoming even now. The daughter thy faith has made you whole go in peace is what the Lord is speaking over the body of Christ right now. Their only faith, only the revealed Christ within us. That which we have heard and when the layers of hearing and when the propelling of the hearing brings forth a movement that's forward and upward, at that moment we are beholding the living Christ and we know that now in Christ we have all of him as he has all of me. And at that moment you hear back the voice of the Holy Ghost, daughter, go in peace, thy faith has made you well. Hmm. Oh, and so there's only wholeness in this hour. There's only wholeness in the preservation of the Holy Spirit in this hour. That's what God was showing to me that in this hour, this is the greatest preservation of divine seed that there ever was on earth. This is utterance. That in this hour, there's a great there is a great preservation of divine seed. What is a divine seed? Is the word of God by which we have been born. Because through that word, through this begetting again by the Father, we are now brand new creation. And this brand new creation is fully preserved in this divine ark of the body of Christ. That we no longer lack, that we no longer be tossed around, that we no longer be pressing to touch the hem of his garment when we have all of him. And we have now become him by this revelation. Part acres of the divine nature. Here on earth. And through this divine nature, we're being preserved mightily in this hour. And, and I just wrote a blog on Dominion Post about being a beacon of light to the multitudes. 
we rescue it. And so this great light of revelation that's bursting out and exploding in us and through us is going to bring forth a mass revival, a harvesting of souls that we have never seen in the midst of doom and gloom. Ha, ha, ha. We don't behold that. We behold the living Christ. And this hour is only glory. There's only glory. There's only unveiling in this hour. There's only revealing in this hour. There's only an openness in this hour. There's only a wide open place in the Father because we have chosen to what? Daily pick up our cross and go through the narrow gate of the crucified Christ. That we be raised up in this understanding as we have already been raised together with him. Uh-uh, glory. So, so, I'm trying to, huh, restrain myself just for the sake of the utterance. And so, let's go, let's go to, uh, I'm going to go with the New Living one just for this particular verse. 2 Thessalonians 2, 15. With all these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, with all these things in mind. In mind of what? Of our salvation. We could just go just a little further in verse 13. Paul writes it this long as, As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you, that God chose us to be among the first to experience salvation. A salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and what makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. So we are made holy by the Holy Ghost living in us and through the truth that is abiding in us. He called you to salvation when he told you the good news. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are now partakers of divine nature. So we're sharing in what? In the glory, in the glory that he has with the Father. That we are now sharing in that glory as being partakers of divine body. And so keeping that in mind, that we are now co-sharers, that we're sharers with the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. So now that we are partakers of this divine nature, that we're sharing the glory of, of God, the glory of the Father, he's bestowed on the Son in his last prayer, was it in, in John 17, that he said, uh, Father, glory, magnify you so that I might glorify you. And we know through the resurrection he was glorified. That we're now sharers of that glory. Because we too have been begotten again through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so because of that, don't go sit down, relax. Don't do that. Be sober and be vigilant. Stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we pass unto you both in person and by letter. What is the saying? Lay hold of that eternal life. Contend for that fight, the fight of faith. Contend for that faith, that pure faith that has been given to us through the teachings of the Word. Through the vessels that the Lord has brought our way to edify us in the word. And so just because we are part 
because of divine glory and the divine nature, it does not excuse us to be idle. Though the work was finished by Christ, when he says it is finished, that everything was redeemed at that moment through his death, that for our offenses he died. Mm. But for our justification he was raised again. Ha ha. Then we can now be called just. Why? Because we're just like him. We're just like him. Justified. And because of that, there is a commissioning that is to stand firm, to withstand Satan steadfast in the faith, to lay hold of that eternal life, which mm -hmm. is the word of God, to wage a good warfare with the utterances, the prophetic word that was given to us. The teachings of a past to us. And so this is, I believe, let's go to, again, I'll be in the same translation. Romans 4, Father Abraham. Mm -hmm. Let's start from 19, 419. And Abraham, and Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. So he could figure out some things on his own and what he figured out on his own was not good news. And so that is a good lesson for us that whatever we figure out in our carnal mind will always be stout against the word of God. We'll always be stout against our new creation possibility. We'll always be in the front of that which God has spoken to us. If we consider the natural realm, that's where the story of the woman of the issue of blood is really profound in this moment. Because if she, if she paused and stood still to consider one more year after 12 years of having exhausted all natural means of getting better and only grew worse, only grew worse, only grew worse, she could have brought, grown worse yet one more year. But she stopped considering that. She stopped considering the accursed moment that she was in. Because she'd been declared unclean with the flow of blood. And she made up her mind, just like Abraham made up his mind. And that's what faith looks like. Faith looks like a divine persuasion. Even this morning was so neat because um, I asked Matthias, my son, what date was it today? And I think my daughter responded the 29th. I'm like, crying the 29th. And Matthias said, no, no, it's the 30th today. I'm like, no. So my mind starts figuring out, yesterday was the 28th. What was the wrong figure out? And so Matthias again says, it's the 30th. I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at the phone. It's the 30th. I'm like, no, it's the 29th. The youngest Alyssa was nine years old. She's like, it's the 29th. Victoria says, it's the 29th. Matthias, I've got the phone right here. It's the 30th. And that moment, I'm like, I better like check myself here because, uh... and I said, Matthias, that's what persuasion looks like in the wrong way. When you're fully persuaded of truth, no one can budge you from it. I don't care what the doctor's report is. I don't care what it looks like out there. What has God spoken to me? What has God spoken to me? What an example. And that's what the woman with the issue of blood came to. Was she going to believe that which for 12 years held her captive 
when they met Jesus on the way, on his way to, to, to go and bring forth a dead man, Lazarus. Even come a little earlier, four days earlier, when he was still alive, potentially he could have healed him, but now I'm figuring it out in my head. It's too late, Jesus, too late. I'll meet you in glory. Father Abraham had the same opportunity. To say it's a 29 today. <laughs> I'm a hundred years old now. And God called him Abraham, the father of the nations. What has God called us? Exactly the same name. But we're to baptize nations in his name. We're to follow them in the spirit, in his name. My vision is the world. Our vision is the world. We soar and we take over. Woo! And so, Abraham's faith did not weaken. It could have. How could it have? If, if he figured out a little longer, became 101 now, one more year. If I was dead at 100, what am I now at 101? A little more dead. But he wasn't dead. He was still walking. That's what figuring out does. It brings forth a statement that is just an outright lie. He wasn't dead. He was 100 years old, but he was not dead. Even that's not a good enough statement because Jesus, we know that what he looked at God in the presence of God, Father Abraham believed. Why? Because he saw the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God raised the dead back to life. And so he forsook his old ways. Abraham forsook his reasonings. And he didn't even consider Sarah's womb. But even in her young age, could not bear children. So verse 20 is what I'm after. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Abraham and we too never waver in believing God's promise. If it is written, it is written. If this word says that I'm his, I am his. If this word says I'm justified, I'm justified. If this word says I'm whole, I'm whole. If this word says I'm well able to take over every moment in my life to the glory of God, I am well able to overcome it all. So no matter what this mountain of opposition looks like, it's coming down. Why? Because of my persuasion. Because of a strength of persuasion. Abraham never wavered, verse 20, in believing God's <laughs> promise. He never wavered, never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, in fact, and that's why I picked this translation, his faith grew stronger and in this he brought glory to God. Because some translations, what is that? James, that he grows stronger and gave God glory by giving glory to God. And, and there, is a, there is a power in that, in that understanding that by giving God glory, we're strengthened by his spirit, of course. But I, I really love the emphasis on this one in New Living where it was that the strength of my faith gives God glory. And it, it just ties with what we've been communicating here, that the strength of my persuasion to lay hold on that promise and to walk out a divine life on earth brings God glory. And so my focus is 
to grow this persuasion by abiding in the word of God. So if I just, I just want to look at um, Romans and King James 4.20. Yes. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. The strengthening of our faith gives God glory. And we can see that in the story with the woman that issued blood. The strengthening of her faith, because she touched the hem of his garment. She touched glory garments last service. We spoke about that. And, and when she touched him, when faith touched him, dunamis went out and strengthened her body. She was strengthened by the very might and power of God. She was strengthened by the very miraculous uh, energy of God and it energized her body and turned around uh, 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 a deterioration that had been going on for 12 years. Reversed it. Reversed it. Reversed it. The strength of her faith as she had grown and she had heard and heard and heard and the hearing started changing her perspective and stopped her from figuring it out and, and realizing she was bankrupt from going to that one and that one and that one. And so she heard and heard and this faith grew so strong that she pressed through a crowd and received a brand new identity of a daughter of the Most High God. Hmm. A daughter of the Most High God. And ultimately, that's why we are in the press. That the press is for identification. Let's go back to that story in Luke 8. I'm going to break it down a little bit further and then we'll just jump around with some verses. Uh, Luke 8. Look 8, the, uh, starting at the midpoint 42. But as Jesus went, as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Thronged him. We looked at that word, that's to choke, as weeds do plants. That word, that, that Jesus was being crowded by a multitude that was as weeds uh, choking a plant. And we looked at this before, that there was really no faith in that crowd, that it was all about a spectatorship because of where he was going and who had asked him to go there, the ruler of the synagogue. And so they were after potentially seeing a miracle worker either do his thing or not do his thing. So it was great thronging of spectatorships. Well, that God is against all of that because he's about divine engagement. He's about a transformed life. He's about his glory being released on earth. That he's about his children representing him. And he cannot represent the living God without an engagement of a work of faith within you. That's why the just shall, shall live by faith. So we give God glory on earth. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her lovely life with physicians could not be healed by any. She came from behind and Touched the hem of his garment. She came from behind. Now that is profound. Have we thought about that? She came from behind. Do you know where else that word is used? I'll tell you. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes, she came. He who comes, she came to God. He who comes, she came to God. For he who comes to God must believe what? She heard and did she did what? She believed. That he is, that he is my healer, 
that he's my provider, that he's my wholeness, that he is my life. He's my body. I'm part of his body. And that he's a rewarder. Did you receive a reward? Hmm. He's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Did you receive a reward? What was your reward in that moment? Healing. That's what God does. God is never a restrictor. God is never a holder backer. God is never in, in, in the business of, of, of uh, abstaining from us. God is lavishly poured out his blood, his son, divine life for us. Have nothing back. So we can now what? Come to him, believing. And she was the only one in that crowd from, from where he was at to Jairus' house that was able to touch him. Though everyone else was pressing around him. See, faith, faith, I wrote here. What does faith look like? Being with God. Faith looks like being present with God. Now, what's even more interesting, we've looked at this word come in Hebrews eleven six, which is the same word for here, the woman, that she came from behind. And what God was showing to me there is that, um, which one? Let's do these two first. Before I go a little ahead of myself. So that word, to come, I come up to, to come near, approach, and it's made up of two words, pros and erkomai. And pros is what in John 1, 2, he was with God in the beginning. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Jesus was with God, and that word to come has part across that preposition with God, and we know that that is face-to-face -face encounter with a divine being before the Father. She, that woman, pressed before the Father, but from behind, because what God was saying to me is that we always come from behind unto the front of him. From the old man, we come, and we are born again, and now we are in front of him. Because we're born of the word that's before him. And so the press that she was in was in the multitude of doubt and unbelief. And our lives always will be crowded by doubt and unbelief. And what are we doing? We are walking in walk and we are pressing because we heard. We heard Jesus from me, myself, out of vision at a night time. And, and I knew he was. But up until that moment, I must have been pressing in that crowd. And then I got born again. I'm right in front of him. I got a brand new identity. As she did, I became a daughter of the Most High God. Born of his spirit. So there will always be a crowd. And so what God was saying to me, there is a place of identifying with the woman reach of blood. But it is here. It's if you can see in a diagonal across the way. Across the way. So here is Jesus. And the woman is pressing and pressing. And to touch, that word touch is so powerful. It is... She touched him to fasten, to, to lay hold of, um, to touching that influences and modifies, touching someone, something in a way that alters, changes and modifies impact touching. When she touched, it's when people become born again. So, so, so here she is pressing, pressing. Yeah, touching and she became him. And from here on, she is walking in him. Hmm. That's our identity. No longer I. No longer I. I've pressed through the crowd. It's no longer I. 
but it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you living this life. Mm. And there's only wholeness there. And so now I start identifying with the Christ life that now I have this healing virtue flowing through me that when I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That I can cast out demons in his name. That I can baptize nations in his name. That I can overcome as he overcame. That Satan has nothing on me. I said nothing on Jesus. That I am now the light of the world as he was the light and is the light of the world. And is in me. Illuminated humanity. Oh, that pressed us for identification to become one with him. And now the Christman walks. And you always come from behind. Because you come from the old man. So you can walk forward in him. The only forward walk right now is his walk in me. The just shall live by faith, no longer I. But it's the faith of the Son of God living and moving and breathing in me. And he's a rewarder. And we looked at the word, in, 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 he's a rewarder of this walk. He's a rewarder of, of that diligence in the seeking. He's a rewarder in that when you're pressing through the press, and there are moments, even in Christ now, there's a bombardment in our minds. It's crowding out like weeds, choking the word, the living word that he is my answer. It's trying to choke it out. But no, I am pressing, and I'm attaining, and I'm laying hold of. Because that's that touch she fastened to him. She fastened to him. And yet there was a crowd there was pushing and shoving him, but her fastening was different because it was faith fastening onto him. What makes the power of God move is faith. What makes dunamis flow is faith. Touching his laying hold. She laid hold of him. We've been for weeks now talking about laying hold. Even going back to hope. Raise up to hope, some of the early messages was all about holding on to hope. Because hope is that when we are in the presence of the word of God, the first inception that comes up is hope. It becomes faith and assurance. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so we're to hold on to hope in the book of Hebrews. Because it's a it's a safe refuge. And back then we looked how Satan is after your hope. Because that's the foundation of faith. Or really the word of God is foundation of faith, but it, it comes up through hope. That expectation. The, um, I wanted to look at the message translation of um, John 1. John 1. One and two. The word was first. The word was present to God. The word was present to God. That's what faith is. The word is first in my life and I'm present with God. What does faith look like to me? The word is first and I'm present with God. Because my identification is he who came. So I could come to him now and be one with him again. Glory to God. 
So let's continue with the story. You might have to have a second part to this. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Fire cannot be contained, it just spreads. So we're just spreading the message. <laughs> All right. Um, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. Immediately the reward was there. Immediately, immediately the reward was there. And we are always talking about a strong persuasion. A strong persuasion gets the job done for God. <laughs> because there's no wavering in that persuasion. You're firmly convinced and fully assured that that which he has said, it is so. And it is coming to pass in my life. There's no... We spoke about this before, plan A, plan B, plan C, option two, option three. There's only the will of God. The counsel of the will of God through the word of God is being executed in my life. And so Jesus said, who touched me? Who laid hold of me? Who fastened unto me? Who, who touched me? Because virtue, reward came out. Reward just came out from the Father through him. The Father's reward flowed through the body of Christ towards her. But her touching the Christ garment, the divine anointing, the Father's reward came through. Because that word reward in Hebrews 11, 6, 6 he is a rewarder. We've looked at before, it's 34 or 06, and it's the one who pays wages. Rewarder. Paymaster. Giving rewards in keeping with his own values. And his value is faith. He values faith. And so what did Jesus feel? A reward just came out. A gift was dispatched through me. A healing moved through me. Ah. When all denied it. Isn't it amazing? They all denied it. Why would you deny them? Something just made Jesus stop. The miracle worker. Me! I touched you to something. You know, the miracle worker. Jairus, they just watched Jairus just stopped him. Then they, 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 they're spectating. And there's another stop of Jesus. So Jairus stopped him, apprehended him, and he says, come with me. So he's going now to Jairus' house, and here's another stop. Someone jump in. They all denied it. That's why, you know, there's a lack of faith in the crowd. They missed the moment. Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude's throng and press you. There's always pressing issues. Those pressing issues. Can't attend to the words they pressing issue. I got a pressing issue I gotta attend to. Jesus, I'm attending to a pressing issue. There's always a pressing issue. And you say, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody touched me. I perceived power as doom was going out from me. And now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, we're never hidden from the presence of God. We're right before him. Never hidden. Not hidden. Not hidden. He knows me. He sees me. I'm his. Not hidden. 
I'm hidden in him. I'm hidden in Christ and God. Colossians 3 3. Not from him. Hid from the devil, from every opposition, from every conniving tongue, from every maligning tongue. I'm hid. But I'm in him. Not hidden from him. Everything. Everything is before him. Before the word that we will all give an account to. All of us. That word is judging us even now. But I perceive power coming out of him. And then she realized she's not hidden. She came trembling and falling before him. She declared to him in the presence of all people the reason that she had touched him. And now she was healed. And how she was healed immediately. And this is it. And he said to her daughter, she received a brand new identity. Daughter, be of good cheer. You're a happy woman now. My sonship in Christ brings me joy. The voice of God that calls me his own brings forth a cheer in my heart. And it stirs up faith. And I respond by faith. And all things in that moment when they dwell. Go in peace so I can walk in peace. Even just that statement. Daughter, be of good cheer. Being called by the father, daughter, will bring a good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. That's the wholeness of our salvation. That Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. Now in light of this salvation that you are partakers of glory divine. Through the word that's abiding you through the mighty Holy Ghost. Now you walk in peace. Now you're whole in that understanding. And only peace walks then. Because when we recognize who we are in him. And what this moment is in our life. Then we become wholeness. Because that's the entirety that we really are in him. Not only self, but in him. I'm wondering what I should move to from here on to strengthen, but I think I'll save that for next service. So here we're going to pause a little bit more. Let's go to Luke 8, back, uh, with, still in 8, but 14, the grounds. Because faith is of the heart, and last week we touched it so briefly, that faith is of the heart and that the tenderness of my heart and the quality of my heart the unobstructedness of my heart determines the growth of this divine word. It determines the demonstration of glory that would flow from you. Because we recognize that the woman with the issue of blood who became a daughter had a heart that was pure, had a heart that, that was believing towards the Lord. And so we looked at the word that the rest they were choking and that word choking as as uh, wheat do plants is used in verse uh, 14 now the ones that fell among thorns of those who when they hurt they go out and are choked with cares and so we looked at cares as being the weeds that take over and really annul the word of god if we allow them to so 
they go out and choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. In the context of just right here, uh, what Luke writes is, is the only ground that he said, of those that represented that, uh, one of the four grounds, the only one that he said that went out was here in verse 14. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked. And the Holy Ghost showed me that that's the opposite of come. That's the opposite of come. If we just looked at the, the, the first part of that word in the Greek language was cross in the face before him, with him. And so I looked at that word from the Strong's. As the Strong's reads it from Luke 8, 14, as they go on their way. And that's 41, 98, to travel, journey, to go, die. I travel, journey, go, die. And it is um, properly to transport, moving something from one destination to another figuratively. I'm thinking even when you start figuring in your mind, you're departing from the truth and those scares that are making you go out are beginning to work a suffocation. Because that word that we looked at choking was a suffocation. The word choke, uh, 48, 46 in the Strong's, it's, the way it's used is I choke utterly as weeds do plants. I crowd upon uh, to press in to choke. And, and the neat thing is the way that normally it should operate, the way it, it, it operates in people is in people who have wrong identifications, aligning with sin, and this doing this cuts a person from Christ's provision. And so they're stalled and spiritually suffocated. So one of the biggest enemy is the cares of the world, the pleasures of life, the running after riches, because what do they do? They crowd upon you and make you go out. Brother, come nigh unto him and be a pleasure to your father that you're going out versus coming in, drawing nigh unto him with a pure conscience because you've been sanctified by the blood. James 4.13 is a real good one on this one. This word, they go out. Another place it's used in the New Testament is in in James 4.13. I'll read it. You can go if you want to. Now come. Come now. This is James writing. Come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go. That's the word. We'll go. The word will go. Go out. Depart. We'll go to such and such a city. Making your own little plan. Spend a year there by himself. What is that? The riches. What choked? What were the chokes? Cares, riches, pleasures of life. We're gonna go out, gonna go have fun. Nothing wrong with having fun. We love being fun. We'll go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. That appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or 
that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. There's no missing of words here. The way I look at this is live in the fear of the living God, that we will give an account. And um, I've been just mindful of years passing and my oldest son is 20 and I've been thinking about that, but just with a blink of an eye, if I live for another 100 years, it'll be another blink of an eye should Jesus tarry. And before I know it, I'll be standing before the living judge who judges the living and the dead and I'll give an account. And this life on earth is but a vapor. And so, in the past, I used to read this, but now you boast in your arrogance. Right before that, if, if the Lord wills, we shall live. Say this, if the Lord wills, we shall live. And so I used to say, okay, if the Lord wills, I'm going to do that. My own little plan still. But I thought, okay, if I add, if the Lord wills, I'm kosher. I'm good. I checked the box. If the Lord wills, then uh, I'm going to do this because I really want to do that. So I'm just going to add the phrase. What God re-identified here for me the other day is, I live only for the will of God. And I'm solely led by the Holy Spirit. And there's no greater fund to be had than the one where he leads us into. There's no greater safe fund and extreme exuberance than the leading of the Holy Spirit when you're enjoying life. Because he gives all things freely for us to enjoy. And so we don't go depart from the word of God. But we let the word abide in us. And it would be that fertile ground that the word would till the hearts. Would till the hearts of men. Would till my heart. That I be believing to the very end. And that now my identity is Christ. And my reward is Christ. And my wholeness is Christ. And I run after him. Glory to God. That's it. We're done, man. Amen.